0: Hey everybody, thank you for joining us for today's episode of Real Estate Disruptors. Today we have Brent Marino and Adam Johnson uh, with the Mississippi Home Buyers. And they've flown in from Hattiesburg, Mississippi to share how they grossed 1.2 million last year on just 20K on Aspen, which is, I think, ridiculous numbers, it's phenomenal. Um, If this is your first time tuning in, I am Steve Trang, broker and owner of Studying Homes Realty, founder of the OfferFast Homes app, the only MLS for off-market wholesale properties. And I'm on a mission to create 100 millionaires. So if that's something you're interested in, let's definitely connect on Instagram. If you're excited for today's show, please give me a wave, give me a thumbs up. And as a friendly reminder, I do not charge a dime for this show, I don't make any money doing this. So here's all I ask, this is what it costs for you to listen to the show. If you get value today, please tell a friend. You can share this episode right now, tag a friend below, or tell them your best takeaway from the show later on, that way we can all grow together. And don't forget, this is a live show, so please post your questions for Brent and Adam to answer. You ready? Let's do it. All right, so first question, simple question, is what got you guys into real estate?
1: Go for it. I don't think I had a choice, really. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't have much of a choice. His dad's yeah. been doing it for 45 years.
2: Yeah, he's, um, he's been in the business a long time. And my, I guess what really drew me to it, because I've mm-hmm. been around it all my life, but my brother got out of college, decided he didn't want a job, and he said, all right, what what can I do to make some money? I got a little bit of credit card debt, a little bit of student loan debt. What do I need to do? And so my dad showed him how to hit the pre-foreclosures and within no time he got a deal. And I think they split 40 some odd thousand dollars. And of course, being I think I was 19, I might've been 18 at the time, maybe 19. And uh, you know, they split that amount of money and I said, well, hot dog, I'm, I'm over here <laughs> busting it for 500 a week. <laughs> and that seems like fun. So we ended up buying our first one together October eleventh, two thousand and two. And Together you two? No, no, no. no. no me and my you, dad, and my brother. Okay, yeah. gotcha. So and then two thousand two you said? Yeah. Okay. So in you've been out there for a little, little bit. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. How about yourself? Uh for me it was um it was an escape. It was I've always had the entrepreneurial mindset, I've always chased my dreams. Uh wanted to work in the music industry checked that box, found out it didn't pay enough. Um, so I traveled around for a long time doing awesome stuff, working for major brands, had a blast, but I knew that there was a ceiling. So I was always looking for that escape of what I could do to generate income or uh, work for myself, essentially. So when I found out about real estate or I found out about wholesaling, which I'd never heard of, I didn't know that was a thing, I thought, well, if you're going to flip houses, you got to have hundreds of thousands of dollars, go buy the house, flip it, put them, you know, all that stuff, I was like, there's no way. And I saw Max, who was a friend of mine before he got into real estate, we used to work the same jobs together, post on Instagram and he had posted a house. He's like, I just bought this house for 17,000. So like that day I called him. I said, hey, I said 17,000, I said, like, I got that. I was like, next <laughs> next time you find one like that, let me know. I'll, I'll buy it or we can partner in on it, whatever. And uh, he's like, it'd be easy if I just show you what I'm doing so I just next time I was in South Carolina which is where I was living at the time my wife was in law school there I drove up to Winston-Salem and he was like he was just getting started he was like I've been making $20,000 a month mm-hmm. for like the last three months I was like I was like uh, Jonah from uh, Wolf of Wall Street right. right? I was like you showed me $20,000 I'm quitting my job right now right and uh, he showed me everything I was like show me his accounts and stuff like oh this house this house is what I made it's like this is incredible. I knew he had been in real estate. Mm-hmm. We were already friends. Uh, he dated my uh, one of my best friends from high school. We played baseball together. He dated his sister. So he used to come around all the time. I knew he was successful. I knew he was in real estate, but I always thought he just flipped and bought and hold. So I called him up and I'm all excited. And I was like, man, you ever heard about wholesaling before? He goes, oh yeah, I do it all the time. <laughs> I was like, you never said anything to me about it. Never <laughs> mentioned it to me. he had gotten so tired of people using his time and uh, he would spend all this time and energy on friends to teach him how to do the business and then they would never take any action so he just told me he's like hey go read this book and then come back to me with questions so I read the book in like two days what book was it uh, flipping properties it's not anything really special it's just like the basics mm-hmm. um, it's, it's a it's good a fil- overview it's a filter basically he just gave me a filter book like go read this I mean he could have told me to go read you know whatever he could have told me to go read Harry Potter, and I'll find the answers there, and I would have went and read Harry Potter, <laughs> right? I just needed the answers. He just wanted you to see you take action first. Right. Yep. So I took action, and he started helping me. Max was kind of helping me get started, you know, giving me advice, and uh, I went and locked up my first deal and made like 13500 bucks and some change, and I was like, this is repeatable. All, and this is all the while, while I was traveling. So this wasn't that long ago. I mean, Max has only been doing it really for a little yeah, over so two was, years. Yes, uh, it Two. just a little over two years ago. Yeah. January of 2017 is when I bought that book. Gotcha. Yep. Okay, so at which point then,
0: well, let's talk about your, your first deal. So how did you find your first deal once you got, like you said, I'm doing this?
1: So I had a little bit of a situation because I traveled a lot for work. Uh, when I say a lot, at one point in time, I did over 300 days in a hotel. Um, wow. Yeah, a lot. I was gone. It was definitely a single man's game. So I, I was already... Uh, in a relationship with my with my now wife for a very long time, and I knew like if we want we're going to go do this, I can't stay on the road forever. So, what made my first deal really cool was that I thought a little bit outside the box. And when I before I got into real estate, I was driving Uber just to kind of pass the time because my wife was in law school. I'm not sitting here staring at the walls. I just uh, make a, make the car payment, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I created a Facebook Uber group. Don't ask me why I decided to do it. I was just like, oh, i would be cool to network. I don't know anybody in this city. We're, we're new here. Uh, I was like, it'd be cool to kind of network with other people. So I created a Facebook group for Uber drivers, which now there's one in like every single city. Mm-hmm. And later on when the real estate thing happened, a, you know, a light bulb went off in my head. I was like, all these people do is drive around. So I was, it's my group. It's my rules. So I just started posting in there like, hey, would you like to make an extra $500 doing what you already do? Mm-hmm. And messaged me for more details, and I, I started re- recruiting bird dogs that way. So I found one girl out of like 30 people who were like talking to me about this because they all wanted money up front, right? And they all want cash up front. She was like, "I'm gonna do it." She did it. And I actually gave her a thousand dollars. She sent me 35 properties in like one week. Wow, okay. that was
2: that. His first deal was the first one we the looked very at. first one on the list because we were on our way to Philadelphia to the draft mm-hmm. for his work. And I was riding with him, and he said, let's go look at a few of these houses. Yeah. That was the first one we looked so at. So she
1: sent me the list. I had, had all the lists. had the, the people, uh, you know, found the owners. I started looking up the numbers using white pages. Mm-hmm. And while we were in the hotel or driving or whatever, I'm just calling, seeing if there's any interest in selling, and then setting appointments for when I knew I was going to be back home. And it just so happened, it wasn't the very first call I made. It was the very first call I made, but I talked to several other people before I got a hold of him. Mm-hmm. Went on an appointment. He's like, lo and behold, he's like, I just want when I got in it. I looked at the records he had like he bought it for like $25,000 like it's two years he's like I want the taxes and everything so $27,000 I was jumping for joy because it was worth about 140 mm-hmm. uh, on the inside but I was kind of refraining. I was like well let me think about it let me run my numbers I will get back to you tomorrow and uh, sure enough I called him the next day and I was like I think those numbers are gonna work for me let's go ahead and get a deal done and we'll sign it up and then I got the deal and I call Adam. I was like, "Got it under contract." He's like, "Great." He said, uh, "You need to call call up some buyers that you met at the foreclosure auctions or whatever." It's okay. So I call up the first person I call. He says, "Okay." And I call some other people. And what I when I messed up is I set stages of appointment. So I was planned on being there for like three hours. Like, you come at one. You come at one mm-hmm. thirty. The very first guy comes. I had it listed at like forty two five or something like that. He comes and he's like he's like Mark Cuban's older brother is what he looks Just like. Just like him. Just. You know, doing numbers and comes in looking around. Goes, okay, what you want for it? I said, well, it's forty-two-five is what I'm advertising at. He goes, yeah, but what you want for it? I'm like, uh, thirty-nine-nine is what I would take. He goes, okay, deal. is if we'll have uh, money in it we'll close in <laughs> seven days. And then he assigned my con- the purchase contract he signed with me for another five thousand dollars. Yeah.
2: Didn't you call me afterwards when he left and you were like, um, is this normal for this to happen? <laughs>
1: Well, what happened was the next guy calls me. He's like, "Oh, I would have gave you fifty for that house." I was like, "Oh, well." I mean, well, I'm not mad. I just made thirteen thousand dollars and some change. I'm like, "This is incredible!" But the night before, I was like in bed all night, like going, "What the hell am I going to do if I can't sell this thing?" Right. right. So it, it was a cool experience. So my very first deal was done through a bird dog through Uber. Yeah. So,
0: I I'm in an Uber Facebook group. I don't know what to do with it. You know, I
1: want to start recruiting those Uber drivers. I don't know how to do that without getting kicked out of a group. So it was my group, right? So Mm -hmm. there was no rules. It was mine. But the way you would do it now is you would want to see who's spending the most time talking in there. Mm -hmm. So you just kind of of keep an eye on it and just hit them in their inbox and just kind of go guerrilla style. Mm -hmm. As long as it's not an admin or mod that you're hitting up. There you go. Brilliant. What's funny is
2: that was two years ago, and I think the Wall Street Journal just – uh, published an article yeah, about how Uber drivers are hitting up real estate investors to try to make more money. So really, you started another trend. Congratulations!
0: <laughs> yeah, I saw that article like a, a day or two ago. Really? Yeah, they were yeah. mentioning the Deal Machine app and everything. Mm-hmm. Oh, they
1: didn't even hit. They didn't even give me any credit.
2: They didn't give you any credit, no. man.
0: Oh uh, no, man, got, <laughs> the police got recognition. Uh, so were you then?
1: You weren't partnered yet then. No. Mm-hmm. Okay, so at which point then did you guys partner up? Whenever I decided to uh, – when my wife finished law school, we were both from home, from Mississippi's home for us, um, we decided to move back. Mm-hmm. and we, we had been kind of working some stuff, so what was crazy is I, every time I'd come home to see family, I'd be driving for dollars and stuff, and I'd have like a list of vacants. I'd go to him, and I'm like, what about these? He's, he's got a story for every single one of them, just about. He said, but follow up with that one. Mm-hmm. And I'd follow up with them, and we'd end up getting deals done. So every time I'd come home, we'd do deals together. So home is – Hatties- Hattiesburg, Hattiesburg, yeah. But where were you when you started? South Carolina. Okay. Columbia. All right, so
0: you were doing this in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. And all then, by
2: myself, yeah. All by yourself.
0: And then eventually you moved back.
2: Mm-hmm. Moved back about, it was it, last June? Last May. And then we started kind of putting pieces in place. And I, I'd say probably January is when we were, like, this January? everything official, official. But yeah, and like We were doing some stuff leading right. up to that, but it was just... Making everything like putting all the right pieces in place, okay. So, a partnership
0: is only like four or five months old, yes, yes. yeah, really. Officially, yeah, officially,
1: wow. we were working together pretty we much were, as soon as I, I came back. We weren't
2: Facebook official back then, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> so, then I guess, uh, when did you quit your job? Uh, I quit October? my job, no, I quit my job December of 2017. Okay, um, I had a really cool job, most people would kill for. Yeah. I mean, I was working for Anheuser-Busch doing Super Bowls. And, you know, if you ever go to an event, you see the little booth set up where they're giving out free stuff. Like, I was in charge of the party, basically, everywhere mm-hmm. I went. So it was a good time. Uh, but after 11 and a half years of being on the road, it's like, I've already been here. I've seen it. I've done it. It's not really that thrilling anymore. I hate being around all these drunk people. You know, whatever. It was a thrilling job. It paid extremely well. Uh, I was very well rewarded for it. But there was a ceiling, and I was there. I'm kind of picturing you as Duffman right now. Is that, is that an accurate job description? <laughs> kind of, yeah. <laughs> you walking around with your cape and the cap. <laughs> I've had a lot of fun on the road. Yeah. Uh, I had a lot of fun. I, w- I wouldn't change anything except for the fact that I wish I knew about Real Estate Center. Right. Okay, so you quit your job at the end of 17. So you start full-time in January
0: of 18, mm-hmm. or, approximately. You're still in South Carolina. Yeah. But you're doing deals...
1: Well, every time I go home. In Mississippi? I, yeah, so you weren't really yeah.
0: doing a lot of deals then in Carolina. Is that
1: uh, I did, my first full year in South Carolina, I did about $200,000 Okay. Uh, in net revenue. Gotcha. Um, I was spending about, my main, my main objective was to pick one form of marketing and dominate it. And I picked PPC and at the mm-hmm. time PPC prices were pretty good there. I started off with like $2,000 a month and then I, you know, I'm, I tell everybody, I'm an open book, so I, there's no secrets with me. Mm-hmm. I start running my mouth, and the next thing I know, PPC, I'm spending $8,000 a month for the same kind of return. Still good returns, right. still looking at like, you know, $60 a lead, which is insane for you guys out here. Yeah, um, I would kill for $60 lead right yeah. now. <laughs> um, I think when I left, I think my leads were like up to like 120 whenever yeah. I, I officially pulled out of South Carolina. I still do a little bit in South Carolina just not as much I don't I don't spend any marketing dollars out there it's all SEO yeah when I gave up it was over it was like 240 a lead
0: out here yeah Yeah. so okay so then you were doing wholesaling you weren't really flipping yet no and then you guys joined forces in Hattiesburg hmm and then you guys went straight into flip like tell me like between wholesaling and flipping, how did you guys I've
2: been doing all of it for okay. a long time so rentals flips we do um, wholesaling I mean owner finance deals you name it right but the um I think the kicker was is that my technology skills are somewhat la- they're exactly what you would expect for somebody from rural <laughs> Mississippi right that's just how But about
1: 20 years older than what he is I think I think my grandpa's probably better than you are on a computer <laughs> probably <laughs> so you're doing your own pay-per-click yeah. Adam was like boy what?" when I always and I kind of helped do his I set his up while I was in South Carolina mm-hmm. so we were testing things so we were structuring things already to kind of yeah he probably had the least to gain really out of the whole partnership because he already had the whole structure he had the team mm-hmm. in place I just kind of came in and said look we got to really kind of figure out we got to figure out what KPIs are we got to figure out like how to how to scale this because he's the he's always been that's good enough for me. Mm -hmm. I was like, well, yes, you can do that when you're not really spending a lot of money on marketing. I come from spending a lot of money on marketing, at least a lot of money to me at the time. Mm -hmm. On marketing, I needed to know what those numbers were to actually see if I was making any money Mm -hmm. Um, and then how to figure out how to scale it. So I think, you know, I I say that kind of jokingly, but uh, he had the infrastructure in place. He really didn't need me, but he liked what I had to offer and bring to the table of like actually freeing up his time because I told him because it
2: was a it was a job yeah I mean I've had other businesses and that's what the weird thing is is that there's been plenty of other businesses insurance offices tax offices that were all run very much in the b quadrant but the real estate side just because there's so many aspects like I want to be the one hearing what the seller has to say so that I know exactly what I can do with it what's the b quadrant uh business owner So, you know, employee, self-employed, business owner. And um, so, like, that was never an issue. But, I I mean, I was very much active in the – I mean, we're still active in the business. But it was – there wasn't a light to turn it into a business. Mm -hmm. It was just – it was a job, but I loved it. I still love it. Um, But with him coming on board, we are able to fill in all the gaps that I don't have. But that's the point, like, he doesn't really like being in the house that much, like, he's way more introverted than I am, and so f- he's basically got it now where, I mean, I think next week is booked up with appointments, and mm-hmm. I have not talked to any of these people. Who's talking to him? Karen. <laughs> Our lead manager. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> yeah, she, she's been texting all day, you got this appointment, you got this appointment, and then she followed it up, she said, it's all in IPO, but I'm making you some sticky notes. Like that. that he is.
1: Had, yeah, he, I, I tried to teach him, I went with InvestorPO, one, because it's a great system, mm-hmm. um, two, because I hate Podio so much. Like, even though it's back-end as Podio, I don't ever have to look at it. I was like, well, if I could teach him anything. I can at least teach him how to use a dashboard and so not have to worry didn't. about looking in a Podio. <laughs> so now he's just taking notes and taking it to care and like, can you put this in for me? I was like, "Ah, whatever, we'll just,
0: we'll run with it. Hey, that's how entrepreneurship is meant to be. That's (laughs) right. You're not doing the the, the data entry. It's like, here, go make this happen. So I admire that. I wish I had that ability uh, to do that. Okay. So then you guys decided to partner up unofficially.
1: When? Pretty much the minute I moved back. So when did you move back? May of 2017. Okay. So unofficially, it wasn't on paper. Whenever I moved back, June, we started kind of doing a few deals together. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were all—I mean, I think we knew as soon as I knew that I was moving back. Cause we didn't know if I was moving back or not. My wife had a couple interviews with some big law firms, mm-hmm. and uh, I was strongly kind of jabbering like, "Let's not do that because you're going to go get into a rut of working 80 hours a week, hoping to make partner. Mm-hmm. Maybe you don't become partner, and then you just wasted five, 10 years of you know running a rat race." That's like, the attorney right, race. Right. Yeah. Which yeah. is a, you know, it's a brutal, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they bring these people in, they pay them good money, but you, I was like, I will never see you. Right. they work you like a dog. Yeah. So or at least and they're she, friendly to each other, right? She was kind of, this is, <laughs> this is what's great is that she wasn't really that interested of in doing any kind of real estate law whatsoever. She's like, yeah, it's just kind of boring. Whatever, I want, you know, I want to do mergers and acquisitions for major corporate. You know, that's a lot more exciting. Yeah, she's like, that's what I want to do. Um, you know, fast forward to when I was in Atlanta this weekend, she went down to the beach, and she so desperately wants a beach house. She sent me like 30 properties. Her brother's a property manager down there, a short-term rental property manager. So I'm getting him started in the business to find up fine deals. Mm-hmm. And then we're gonna work on those together and partner. So she's like down there driving for dollars and sending me leads while she's down there and, and calling the banks, getting authorization forms, all this stuff. And I was like, see that light, that light just switched. And it's, it makes me, it's, it's a super proud moment. And I was like, look, you know, you're in house. Like we, we're gonna bring all of our deals to you. He's very well connected. We have a meetup that we have 40 or 50 people at every single month, which in Hattiesburg is a pretty good number. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, all those people are starting to bring you deals. So business is picking up for her and she's getting to build her own brand. Right. And I get to do my little marketing thing on the side for her and bring her probate clients and Will's Trust and Estates clients and stuff like that, which also lend to you know us. She can't directly it say each call other. these people, but she can say, look, if you ever want to sell, I know these people. All all right. right. Uh, Haim says hello. Uh, he's so. on the uh, 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 in there right
0: now. Uh, so, how is your operation different? I mean, there's a lot of, I imagine, lots
2: of competition in Mississippi. <laughs> mm, yes, no. We we actually created we cre- the majority of our competition. Yeah. Okay. We create a lot of our competition <laughs> from the teaching side. <laughs> yeah. um, but, but how is it, how are you guys different? Definitely, that our approach is drastically different, um, and it's hard for a lot of people to grasp. I think. I think most people think that we're just full of it when we say this, but when we walk into an appointment we really don't care if we buy the house or not like our motivation is solely to go in and be the best possible solution sometimes that means us buying it sometimes it doesn't um, but we we present all the options equally and weigh out the pros and cons with the seller right there in their living room and we go through and we help them through and if they say hey you know what? I think I'd, I'd like to spend a little money to paint it and list it. Great. Let's talk to the painter. Here is, you know, this is his number. This is your guy. If he's too busy, let me know. I'll direct you to somebody else. This is the realtor you need and this is why. And then we get out of the way. Um, I mean, there's several deals that we do where we're involved and we don't make anything mm-hmm. because it just gets the deal done. Our buyer's happy. The seller's happy. We were able to do a good thing and we roll on to the next one. But what's crazy is is that when we really started focusing in with that mindset, bought twice as many houses the next year and made twice as much money. It's yeah. A, it's the craziest thing. Well
0: it's a consultant role and you're very clear that you don't need their house. I mean that's a lot right. of the sales styles that we, we embrace, you know, with the, how we buy our houses out here, is that here here's all your options. You should go with the realtor, you should go, you know, you should you should use this contractor. And what they end up deciding is like, you know, we'd rather just go with you.
2: Yeah. They don't want to go through all that trouble. Right. That's what I think I've found that the, the best negotiations are not educations at all. Or I mean, not negotiations at all. It's educating the person on what their options are and weighing out the pros and cons yeah. so that they can make the decision that's best for them. And I think that's where we get the vast majority of our good deals from. It has nothing to do with negotiating. And I mean, it, we've had some where we've paid them more money than what they asked for. Yeah. Right. It,
1: and it's fun for us because we get to, we get some, a lot of times it's, it's, it gets really creative oh, and they make yeah. really good stories. Um, Can you give an example? Yeah. How so, long do we have? <laughs> <laughs> we've got the Studios 03. <laughs> All right. So, which one you want to, Thompson? Thompson Road?
2: Thompson's a good one. So... Um, yeah, we, we were talking about this one. You, yeah, you know, I'll let you it bring up. it home.
1: <laughs> so we had this lady. It's a $140,000 house. She wants 100000 Dead set, she wants $100,000. We're cash price all in probably $60,000. And that's for us to actually flip it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not wholesaling it. Couldn't get it figured out. Couldn't get it worked out with her. She owns it free and clear. And we, we knew at the back of our minds like where we were going to go with it as far as how to structure the deal creatively, but we, she wanted the cash. All right, so it's not going to work. So she put it out on Facebook for like two weeks, had other investors come, and we just kind of kept dripping on her. Like, have you got it figured out? Have you, you know, are you still, where are you at?
2: Which was intentional yeah, because we knew that nobody else was going to pay right. what more she than wanted that for, it for, it, for the amount of work. It wasn't an easy fix-up, so it wasn't like somebody was going to come in and say, well, give us a little equity mm-hmm. for our personal house. It was a decent project.
1: So we got to the root of her problem or the root of what she wanted, was that she wanted $10,000, she wanted $8,000 to move, and like $2,000 in her pocket. And She wanted to go to Denver or Colorado. I can't remember what, if it was Denver or not. But so we gave her $10,000 down. We've got a $90,000 $90, note created basically for 180 months at $500 a month. And he calls her and he's like, Miss Wanda, I think I got it figured out. I can give you the 10,000 and I'll do the 180 months for $500 a month, that's $100,000. Would you do that? Which if you run your calculator, that's 0% interest. Right. Uh, she goes, I think that would work, that'd be great. So we signed the deal, right? That's that's just the story, we got we got a great house, put 17 in it and now it rents for like 1175 or 1150, something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, she goes off in the meantime,
2: so there's another piece of distressed property. It's it's five acres total, but it's split up. There's a three-acre parcel and a two-acre parcel. And a guy had bought a double-wide, and he owned both the parcels. But he bought a double-wide. The bank only financed the double-wide in two acres. Well, it's halfway on both pieces of property. So they foreclosed on the two acres in the mobile home. Well, now they got an encumbrance issue. Mm-hmm. So they they're a year into... I'm sorry it wasn't a year it was probably seven months into they filed a list pendants and they're trying to come in and say no 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 we meant to have that three acres from the get-go blah 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 so but they couldn't find him and they're getting ready to do um service by publication mm-hmm. well we were able to find a guy that found a guy that knew this guy and so we go talk to him get it all worked out we go to his house our closing attorney meets us at the house get everything notarized, hand him 3,500 bucks. And so now the bank's got to deal with us. Mm-hmm. So we ended up over, I guess it was about a year. We redrew the property line, gave them a crappier piece of property for a better piece of property, and we both walked away with the same amount. So we set up two mobile home spots. We had one that was paying, and I think the other one would just had the mobile home on it. We had just put it on there. And the lady that we had, bought the house from that he was just talking about was back in town. She said, I'm coming back. I didn't like it out there as much as I thought I would. And she called, I think it was called my dad and said, Hey, do you guys have any mobile homes? I know you're in the business and I trust you. So we start walking her through it and how we could trade a mobile home for some payments and whatnot. And there's a lot more that we did in this deal Mm -hmm. but for the sake of time. Um, So anyway, long story short, we ended up trading her the three acres, the income-producing mobile home that was on the property paying $200 a month for the spot, and the mobile home that she could move into, and 8000 in cash for the balance that was left on the note. And I think we figured up all into that house, all repairs and everything we're in it now for $62,000 in cash. That's incredible. Yeah, it was two and a half years in the making, but it was a fun deal. The
1: best part of it is, within that two and a half years, though she, she would call up and need some money every now and then, so we would pay her what we call ten for twelve. And mm-hmm. we'd get so she'd give us twelve months credit for ten payments, mm-hmm. which is a twenty-four percent return, 30, 30, 35 30, you know, yeah, thirty-five percent return on our money. And if you structure like a. Five for six is like sixty-five percent, hmm. right? So if you ever look at little things, one of the things I picked up this past weekend, I'm going to drop that, was this guy was going and buying notes from from used cars lots. So he, they would structure the notes, get the down payment. And so if they say that it was a five thousand dollars car, a thousand dollars down, he would go and say, "I'll give you half half the ba- principal balance for half the payments up front." So he would give them two thousand dollars. So now the guy's got three thousand dollars. The dealer's got three thousand dollars in his pocket. But that's a that doubles whatever the face value is mm-hmm. on that term. So if it was a 20% interest rate, which a lot of buy here pay your lots are that or higher, it now becomes a 40% interest rate mm-hmm. that he's earning on his money. Right. And if you do a third for a third, it's triple the face value. If you do a quarter for a quarter, it's it's quadruple the interest rate. Right. Yeah. So it's like it's making it big on like really small little deals. It's not a lot of money, but, but I mean, that's a,
2: a fantastic return. Adds up real fast. So when somebody
1: tells you you can't get a 65% or greater return, mm-hmm.
2: call them crazy. They're lying. Don't call them crazy. See if they'll loan you money at 8%. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. And I'd be I would be remiss if I did not give a huge shout out to my dad mm-hmm. because he is a creative mastermind down into the nitty gritty yeah and he is the reason that a lot of those creative deals even came to fruition whether it was me learning from him or you know him strategizing and i just i have to give a little shout out
0: that's fair uh so then with you guys operation how much is wholesale
2: how much is flip Was would you say 60 percent wholesale yeah um mm-hmm. it, it really varies because there's so many factors that we look at to decide what our exit strategy is so It could be anything from like anything that we buy on terms that's a good long-term property well that's usually what we'll try to keep for a rental um or keep long term and then if it's just a good cherry pick deal that's our flips Mm -hmm. and then everything else or if we're we have a lot going on like i know we wholesaled some stuff that i would have liked to have kept but it just it wasn't a smart move because we had you know, three, no, four flips going at the same time. and It was just, it was too much. Right. Or it would have been too much to add on. Right. Um, so I'd probably say, what, 5 to 10% rentals. Yeah. It could be a little more on the wholesale side, but it's going to be real close. I, I
1: think our goal is to acquire, like our goal is always to acquire the property ourselves and, and hold it, but... I don't want to go one number one we haven't used the bank or his him and his dad haven't used the bank in probably what ten years really
2: I think for me about six for him <laughs> long time
1: so we don't we don't do anything with uh, with banks very 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 rarely and you guys keep everything like 50 50 you guys on Plus, equity?
2: actually 40 40
1: 20 yeah yep. So we give his dad 20 uh, percent because he comes in, and a lot of times when we're in these situations, it's an older couple, uh, you know, in their late 60s, whatever, it kind of helps to have that, what Adam says, gray hair to gray hair Mm -hmm. in the negotiation because, you know, I'm a young guy. Can they trust me? Well, if it's an older guy who's well-established in the area, it makes it easier, so we'll have him come in. Heck, half the time we have it on a platter for him, and he ends up getting it better mm-hmm. than what yeah. we had already previously negotiated. I'm like, well, you're just all right, I don't
2: know how you did that, but <laughs> he's good. But it it's a it's a very easy transition too. Cause I like I'll go in and if that's the route we're taking, it's easy for me to sell the idea and act like I don't have all the details, so they need to talk to Leon. Even if I know exactly what to do and how to do it, mm-hmm. it's just that extra step where it's I'm helping them rather than trying to sell them on something.
1: Right. Gotcha. That makes sense. And plus he manages all of our rentals. So everything we pick up, he manages that. Really? Yeah.
0: Wow. That's huge. Uh, so then is there, um, so for us, you know, we had to decide what we, we moved predominantly or primarily out of flipping. We just decided we weren't good at it. So when we looked at the numbers, if it's, uh, if we can make 5,000 wholesale or 20,000 on a flip, we'll take the 5,000 wholesale and move on. Do you guys have
1: something like that? No, it's probably really a good idea that we did, but to like just make it easy, it's more so of just we're so entrenched in the area and know it so well. Like if we know if it's, you know, everyone, everyone should know where their hot areas are, right? Mm-hmm. And it's such a small town, where we are. But if we know we got it at a good price, and we know that we immediately know that's going to be our next flip, or if we don't have anything going on and we can make more money doing the flip, that might be the option we take. But. I kind of like that, you know, if five thousand dollars wholesale or twenty thousand dollars, it just makes things easy. Like that's the way it's going to go.
2: It's, yeah, and because our our market is so, what's the word, eclectic, I guess it's it's so drastically different, just in a small area. Um, so a lot of it too is is going to be not just the money, but what's the scope of work that we got to do? How fast is it going to sell? Because I mean we've done some. Where you know it's a flip that it wasn't just a phenomenal deal, but it contracted and sold within 30 days of you know it, it contracted within 24 hours and closed in the next 30 days, mm-hmm. and the scope of work wasn't really that big. Right. So for some of those, yeah, all day long. Um, but then there's a lot of deals where I mean there so, was one last year, we could have probably made 80, 75 to 80, and walked away with it. But just the scope of work and how long it was going to take, I, yeah. think, I think we ended up getting like 17 or 18, and I was thrilled. And we were on to the next. Yeah, one. we pass yeah. on those all day. Yeah, <laughs> we're not trying to do any of those.
0: Yeah. Uh, so then, what does your organization look like
1: today? So we have a couple acquisition guys. We have one in North Mississippi, uh, one over in Lee County, which is like Tupelo. So that's still kind of North Mississippi, but it was <coughs> northeast. Uh, we have two in Pearl River County, which is about an hour away from us. We have, uh, they're not really our acquisition guys, they're uh, friends of ours that are also wholesalers. We'll call that will affiliates. J- <laughs> yeah, we'll call them affiliates. We'll JV with them. So if we get any leads down there, we'll just JV, we'll send it to them, they'll go work it. Mm-hmm. And I trust them uh, fully. And then we have our lead manager who's in office, and then him and I are in, here in, in, are in Hattiesburg and uh of co-caller. Yeah, we, yeah. Got our, we got we got our co-caller and that's it. So you guys are in multiple cities then mm-hmm. in Mississippi? Remember, is that my, what I am here? Well, we do
2: my, we do counties. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we do counties. Our, our cities are not uh, are terribly sizable, so we we usually do it by county. Okay. So you guys are in multiple think, counties then. Yeah. 13 or 14 maybe. Yeah, something
1: like that.
0: And then how far is it like, you know,
1: from like north northmost to the to southmost? South. Yeah, from north all the way to the coast. But
0: like how far is that like on a drive?
2: Uh, 5 hours tip to tip probably.
1: Yeah,
0: five and a half, six hours, I yeah. would say. So you have all those acquisition guys, meaning that they're the ones that are going to
1: the appointments? They're going to yeah. the appointments, yeah. Okay. But
2: they they actually do – it's structured a little different because they, they're not just the acquisitions guys. I mean, they're the full boots on the ground. So they handle acquisitions and dispositions, and then some of their um, – a little bit of their legwork on, like, county records and things like that. Gotcha. Um so they, they get a, a bigger percentage, but they just do everything. It's the less moving parts for us, and it's guys that we, I mean, I've mean, i known for 20-plus years.
0: So, like, on those, you've got the deals, you found the lead, and you hand it out to someone else in another county, and they take it from appointment basically across the finish line. And and sometimes they, they even
1: yeah, answer the, the phone a lot. Yeah, if it's LA, they answer the phones a lot, they don't anymore. Everything's routed into our, our lead manager as far as our marketing, just to keep better track of it. But – they find a lot of deals themselves as well. So they'll go work foreclosures and knock on doors and stuff like that. Oh, nice. Um, so they're, I mean, they're basically running their own operation and we're just like, if they ever need any help with anything, we're the ones there to kind of make sure the deal get, happens.
2: Cause I usually, what, North So that's why we give up a lot of the money.
1: is cause they basically run their own operation, mm-hmm. but we just, we're always there pumping marketing and always there to help structure a deal if we need to. So but it's something where you guys, you guys, they're,
0: you know, the homeowner called in on your marketing for these acquisition guys, they're, you know, far away from the hub. What do they get as far as a percentage of that? 50-50. 50-50.
2: Yeah. Okay.
0: So you said, was that four or five acquisition people?
2: We've got, what, three that are pretty much yeah, we got close one. to full-time. Yeah. And then we've got one that's, um, he's almost more of a partner. Yeah. Because he does some of his own deals, and then we do some deals together. Mm, yeah. um, and then we've got... What three others that are more what I would call affiliates that like we just send if we get a lead in their area, we just forward it to them and just say, Hey, whatever's fair. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: then as far as a lead manager, how do you compensate them? She gets what, twelve bucks an hour? Twelve
1: bucks an hour and a hundred dollars $100 a
0: f- deal. Per closed deal. Yeah. And then
1: what is she responsible for? She's all kinds of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Me? <laughs> yeah. She's he makes her life a lot harder, but she takes it <laughs> like a champ. I Honestly, when it, we first h- hired her, uh, she has a very kind of soft voice, which is great, but she has a British accent. So I was kind of, I was like, we're in Mississippi. Mm. I was, like, was kind of weary of putting a British accent on the phone, but it's surprising. It's been a long time since the Revolutionary War. Yeah, mm. it, it has been a very long time since the War. It is getting close <laughs> to You're, July you 4th. Are you, you are correct. You um, are correct. But, you know, it's Mississippi, and we have those, you know, mindsets that are out there but Mm -hmm. whatever so i was like you know we'll just run it we'll see how it goes uh if nothing else we'll find something else for her to do to help you know around the office or whatever because she's a great person um and somebody that he'd already known for a while turns out i'm listening to her on the phone and oh my gosh crushing it crushing it i mean having conversations that aren't having to do with anything about the the, uh, real estate because everyone's curious right off the bat they're like Wait, are you, you, you are live you in from? Mississippi? She goes, oh, yes, I live in Hattiesburg. I've lived here for, you know, however long. I'm butchering the accent, I'm sure. But, uh, you know, so that's a conversation piece right off the bat that drops people's guards. Mm-hmm. And then turns out, you know, when she starts, she gets to tell her story and make friends over the phone. So she's, like, talking to him like she's known him forever. And I'm in the background going, like, she's freaking brilliant. Right. Like, she's.
2: It's British, not British. Yeah.
1: <laughs> she's so brilliant. So she's taking too. the inbound. She's taking all the inbound and she's doing some some outbound so she's doing a lot of the follow-up okay so what
0: qualifies as a follow-up for you guys
1: because this is something actually we're working on right now so what qualifies as a follow-up anyone that's interested in selling that we either so if we're doing some text messaging Mm -hmm. so a lot of times it's hey call me at this time so that's what i consider like a Mm follow-up um and then inside of our system uh, ipo investor po it does automated follow-up so once they come into the as a lead once they're pushed into the system as a lead they're in our funnel and depending on what stage they're in they're getting certain types of messages sms uh, drops emails all that stuff gotcha. so a lot of that so she handles all of that conversation that handles all of it all of it that comes back from text messages or voicemails or whatever so she's following up with all those people that are messaging basically our system and and handling it from there and then scheduling the appointment for him
2: because i w- i mean i'll be honest that was one of my things that i sp- I didn't know I struggled with it till he started coming down and locking up. Like, we were locking up deals together that had I followed up, I wouldn't have had to split with him. And uh, – <laughs> but it was – that was one of those things is, like, I had a really good process, but my follow-up game was lacking mm-hmm. big time. Um, and a lot had, of it, too, is balancing it out. Because you, you had know, too
1: much going on. I mean, yeah.
2: When you got deals that are closing, like, if they're undecided, well, you're going to wait. Right, But then there's more deals that are closing and they're still waiting. Mm-hmm. And even now, like just having her full time in the office, being able to go through and, and be a catch all to get those and push them towards some sort of closure. Gotcha. Um,
0: so then dispositions, who's responsible
2: for that? I'd say more me, but our, our dispositions are really a lot of different. easy. Like that's, it's not a really... If 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 our business tasks were broken up into a pie, I mean that would be a crumb yeah. of, of what it takes. Because ours, relationship wise, like I know my buyers. For instance, did a deal last week. We'll we'll make a thousand bucks on it. It took three and a half hours, start to finish. I showed Karen, set the appointment. I showed up hour and a half with the guy. Hour and ten minutes of that, we didn't even talk about the house, and then. <clears throat> I told him, I said, look, man, you owe 82, you want 30, there's no way I can do it. I'm not even sure that a realtor could do it, but I'll be happy to have you call one and, or to give you one to call. And I said, but flip wise, like I can't even pay you what you owe on it. But I know some guys that would love to have a rental here. They can probably get you to walk away with nine or 10. And he said, you know what? I trust you. If you say that's the route to go for me to not have to do anything, because he was traveling two hours just to show me the house. Mm. And he said, if that's what you say is is the right way to go, then that's what I want to do. So I went, I actually had a lunch scheduled to, scheduled with that buyer already. So when they ate lunch, we're wrapping up and I said, All right, you ready to go buy a house? And he kind of he did, you know, that little smirk. And I said, No, really. I said, I've got one right up the street. It's your house. I know you're gonna want it, and I want a thousand bucks. And so we went, thirty minutes, walked through it. He said, Yep, I'll do it. Very cool. And, and so it's real easy. Like that's our dispositions is we actually have a few buyers that we can buy on their behalf, and them never even know about it till afterwards, because we we've got that kind of a relationship it's track record. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yep. And we know where they want to be. So it's just like we get a deal. I can tell you who's buying it, how much they're going to pay for it, and how fast they can close. And it's just easy.
1: How many buyers you ever heard says I can't wait to write you a twenty thousand or thirty thousand dollar check. Not a lot. Yeah, but our buyers do because they go, the more money you make means the more money I make. Right. They, they all have that mentality. Because in, with having that mentality, it makes it very easy. So we don't have to schedule showings and do all these blasts. Now, granted, we could be leaving a lot of money on the table by not doing that. Yeah, but But my life is super easy. You have a lot so less brain easy. damage. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, so then, you know, going back to the main point of the of, of the title right? So you did 1.2 based off 20K in ad spend. A lot of people, I mean, there are people mm-hmm. in town spending 20K a month, which makes 30K oh yeah. a month range.
2: I was almost, can we cut the air down? <laughs>
0: <laughs> so how do you do that? I mean, how do you like, what is their, your, your primary <clears throat> marketing where you can have your ad spend be so low?
2: Well, first of all, there was not any internet in that equation. Mm-hmm. So like the as far as ad spend, there really ad spend was zero. But referrals. Well, you had were, mail.
1: You were doing. You were always doing mail. But his mail is, he would always he would always be very targeted. So he only hit houses yeah. he knew, he wanted, or he knew his buyers wanted, that were on a list of stress. And we all that stuff came from the courthouse. There's nothing online, in our area. So we actually have a courthouse runner that goes down there every week, pulls the records, puts it into a spreadsheet, and then we now we skip trace it and call. Well, we text first and then call, and then then it gets mailed. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's our system now, but you know, when he got, he did 48 houses, he didn't even have internet at his house,
2: but that was, how is that possible? One house at a time, but it was I'm talking it, about not having internet. It was oh, all yeah. very <laughs> targeted, but see, so here's the thing, you know, everybody asked that, but here's the kicker. I didn't have distractions, right? Like there wasn't anything for me to do, but like when I went to the courthouse to pull leads, like, that's what I was there for. Like, it wasn't sitting at home, going through, and then, oh, man, look, that's a funny commercial, you know, whatever. Like, I was there. That's what I was focused on. Mm-hmm. And then you go home, there's not, like, I'm not browsing the Internet because there's no Internet. And and I have one bar maybe on my phone if I get in the right spot and, you know, tap my right foot three times and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. But that's what it was. Like, my focus was on buying houses and what is it, R- RGA or whatever? Revenue generating activities. Yeah. So that's all I had, and it and I was knocking out deals. I didn't have all the other bull crap to wade through. Right.
1: And you didn't have all this. Oh, I gotta check this system out and try this out. And try this new form of marketing out. You already knew what worked. Now, granted, it's a lot more work, right? You know, he was going knocking on doors and you know building those relationships in the neighborhood, which over time, it's, you know, compound. Mm-hmm. And once you have that, I mean, it's very rare that we ever go to lunch. somebody doesn't come up to us and go hey do you have something for me or hey i have something for you you need to check out it almost never happens that we ever go to lunch in town and somebody does not come up to us and talk to us it's it's just that i use what we call the three-foot rule if you're in my bubble for more than a minute and i can touch you i'm going to tell you what i do Mm -hmm. and how you can help me and how i can help you
2: i think that's the We'll get back to answer your question. So two, two things, because that's the biggest thing. I think people run into, on the relationship side, they don't look far enough past their eyelashes. And they, it, okay, well, you can't really help me right now, so I'm going to go to the next person. Mm-hmm. Like, we spend a lot, of, I mean, I used to take, I mean, I have keys to our courthouses, right? So I can go in anytime I want, 24-7. Wow. I used to leave sticky notes on the computer, personalized sticky notes for all the you know the ladies at the courthouse and they are if it was real hot i bring them snow cones if it's cold hot chocolate or coffee or something but as crazy as that sounds and i have a lot of people like oh that's overdoing it well when you're down in the courthouse and they hand you the phone because somebody's tax delinquent and they say hey i can't help you but i think i may have somebody that can and you start taking a, a seller call on the courthouse phone because they handed it to you like that's a game changer and I don't think people invest the time in that so referrals were a huge one Mm -hmm. and And then the direct mail was very targeted I mean 100 150 letters a week but I was getting 18 to 22 percent response and out of those 18 to 22 percent that were responding they were highly motivated and then go in with a very creative attitude I mean, because that's my little specialty.
1: In essence, you get there by building relationships with the people in your community. And we were talking to Brian Manley uh, last night. He's like, talking about our group. He's like, "Well, how did you get started?" And all this other stuff. And like, how did like, how do you guys have that much rapport in your area? And like, how do how can I do? That's not scalable. I was like, "Sure, it's scalable. You just start now." (laughs) Like, it's scalable because it's every day. I know I'm I'm going to go find somebody that needs Mm -hmm. my help that's really all there is to it if i gotta knock on doors to do it if i gotta make phone calls to do it if i gotta text people to do it whatever you just start you start telling everybody you use your circle influence what you do how they how they can help and how you can help them and go from there and over it just starts compounding
2: what's like dating
1: right i mean same. When you gotta date a lot of girls
2: well, well, yeah, I mean, obviously. <laughs> but, no, I mean, like, so it's like dating. Like, in all, all, it's funny how much we compartmentalize different things. So, like, the relationships that, that we've been able to build, I mean, some of those my dad's been working on for 35 years, mm-hmm. 40 years, or a lifetime. And I've only been in the game for 16 and a half and have really good relationships now. But it was, it was just like dating. And a lot of people go in and be like, oh, that lady at the courthouse was mean – I'm not going to go back we'll go back and win her over because guess what most everybody's going to do the same thing you did but we don't treat it that way whereas in dating like you know you've got to go let's let's go test this out you know we're not trying to get married right now let's just spend a little time together Mm -hmm. and then if that works let's spend a little more time together and let's spend a little more time together and most of the time you're not going to marry everybody you're just looking for that one good one Mm
1: -hmm.
2: right and I think people forget that, and it's a long play, which I, I mean.
1: It's a very long play, but it, it's just like putting money in the bank, really. I well, mean, I, just, I mean, I love the part where you got keys
0: to the courthouse. And I don't blame him for not being able to use the computer. The guy doesn't have
2: internet. Like, I do now. He I does know, like I know how to use the internet, and I can post to social media. After,
1: after, after consulting him for a while, he does have internet now. <laughs> uh, and also, after consulting him for a while, we finally hired somebody because he— he, he's very, very tight with budget. Whereas in South Carolina, I had a six-figure job already, and then I was making whatever I was doing in my wholesaling. It was very quickly doing $20,000 a month consistently. I was taking all that money and just throwing it at everything, right. which was a huge mistake. I was trying everything, but, but I, you learned, can afford it. I learned a lot. Right? Yeah. I learned a lot of things very quickly that takes a lot of people years to do. I just was throwing money at it, trying to figure out this and that, and, and I was like, that's when I finally figured out, I was like. Pick a form of marketing and stick with that. Like, you need a passive and you need a... Um, that's the word I'm looking for here. Active. Yeah, you need a passive and you need an active form of marketing. So I went with PPC all in as, like, my passive because it's coming in. And then the driving for dollars with my bird dogs, even though I wasn't doing it, that is an active form of marketing to, to funnel me. That's how I was getting all of my deals. So uh, where was I getting at with that? I, don't, I forgot what were well, talking Well, going back
0: about? to the... Uh, the main question then is, if, we were to, if you were to sort your your lead sources, right, like as far as like where deals are coming from, your number one source for deals then, it sounds like a referral?
2: No, uh, there that's not our number one, but that's one of the favorites because, yeah. I mean, if we get a referral, if there is a deal to be had, it's easy, yeah. like I can get it done. And I don't have to sell it that hard because somebody else already sold it before I got there. Right. Or sold us before I got there. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're one of my favorites, but it, it's hard to, for those to be consistent. Right. Um, I would say driving for dollars is a huge one for us. I love it. He loves it. We pull a lot of deals out of that. Pre-foreclosures are a real hit and miss. Um Uh, that's one reason I'm anxious for the market to just go ahead and crash and be done. So all of this competition will stop. Mm -hmm. Um, And so uh, that was probably a little harsh for a lot of people, but but that's just the truth. You're not alone. You know? So, I I mean, I go into a foreclosure sale in 2016, we probably bought 12 or 13 at the steps last year. We bought, I'm sorry, 20, yeah, 2017, we bought 12, 13, whatever. Last year, we bought maybe one or two. I like two. Maybe. Yeah. And this year, I haven't even been to one. Right. So, that you know, I like those if we can catch them ahead of time because those have been some of the best deals and the most satisfying with helping people because mm-hmm. you're drastically changing how somebody's life's about. I mean, you're, you're the fork in the road in which direction their life goes.
0: Explain that. You're buying it at the foreclosure? No, no pre-foreclosure. Pre-foreclosure. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Um, So going back, it was driving for dollars, pre-foreclosures, and then
2: referrals. Kind of a combination. Yeah, referrals are, because they're so inconsistent, it's hard to put them on the board. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we probably get four, five, maybe six good referrals a month. Um, but they're they're all over the place. Like they're not real qualified and stuff like that. So that's, that's kind of a crap shoot.
0: Right. Um, Courtney Frick wants to know how are you guys structuring your referrals so someone sends you a, a hot seller how do you guys structure that we just pay them pay, pay if we close it we pay them five hundred dollars it. if we close it and then when do you
2: JV when do you pay your referral fee it really just depends on the person bringing the deal yeah I mean we're we're pretty easy it depends on how much work they put into it yeah. if somebody brings a contract and we just need to find the buyer 50 50 we're done mm mm-hmm. Um, if somebody sends us a lead, I mean, it really depends. They're definitely not going to get fifty percent. They might get twenty five. Mm-hmm. Um, if they've done a little leg work, they might get ten. If they've sent us the lead, um,
1: usually if they just send us a lead, it'll be five hundred or a thousand dollars. What about those uh, your Uber drivers? So that's one of my favorite. So you know, that's driving for dollars is what I consider it, right? Mm-hmm. So. Um, I can't stop talking about this. Like I'm, you, t- you mentioned earlier that I am an introvert. I am an introvert. Mm-hmm. I don't maybe seem like it most of the time, especially if I'm on camera or talk, but it's only because I'm talking about real estate or something that I'm passionate about. So right. you want to get an introvert to talk, talk about something they enjoy. Um, so I I was actually on my bachelor trip and we were down on the coast in Biloxi, Mississippi area. We got leaving a bar, going to the casino. And um, I get into the Uber car, and the guy's driving or whatever, and I start talking about real estate. And everybody in the car's like, oh, God, everybody's <laughs> talking about real estate. There again. goes again. He's just talking about real estate. <laughs> he can't help himself. So I start talking I'm to him. Pretty sure guy. there
2: was a pool going on, on how long it was going to take.
1: <laughs> and uh, so I started talking to him, and I asked him, he's like, oh, yeah, I, I know somebody that would probably want to sell. I was like, well look, if you ever see any that are, you know, you're driving around anyways, use the same pitch, like you're driving around anyways, like, while you're driving around for Uber, waiting to pick up a fare, why don't you just drive neighborhoods? Send me those addresses. We'll call them and schedule appointments. If we buy it, I'll give you a thousand dollars. Oh man, that'd be awesome! Within a week, he'd send us like over a hundred. Wow, I think he's like, about
2: four hundred to date. Yeah,
1: I mean he's just he's crushing it, right? So that's that's my favorite, like, because it's it's awesome because it's very rewarding for him. It's very rewarding for us. It's great leads usually. Uh, and we're being able to teach him like, we'll check into the records if it's a Rio or not or whatever. If it's LLC, which we'll hit LLCs as well. Just takes we got to filter those out and find who who actually is the registered agent. Right. right. So it sounds like I need to just take a lot
0: more Ubers. That's what it sounds like. I just need to Uber all over town.
1: You just need to talk to more people. Yeah,
2: that's all it really is. It, it's not it's necessarily not Uber. Uber. It's you just postman. It. Yeah. It's yard care guys mm-hmm. any landscapers they're huge because they've already trained themselves to look for the same thing we're looking for mm, very true because I, I don't know there's not many driving for dollars houses where there's not some sort of sticker card or flyer from a landscaping company Yep. which when I see those I'm going to take the flyer out and I'm going to call them and I'm going to say hey man y'all left this on a house with the grass growing up y'all Do y'all did that a lot you want to make some extra money for the ones that don't call you back
0: that's brilliant That's that's a huge one
2: heck we had a I had a postman in 2017. That's how I found my lawn guy. He made 2700
1: bucks. <laughs> came and posted it on my mailbox like as we were doing the flip on my house. Mm-hmm. He came and posted it on the mailbox. And I was like, that's who's getting my business. I called him up. He hasn't been as active as sending leads as I'd like. Um, but, you know, taking those guys out to lunch. Just doing a little bit extra for people and building those relationships and just talking to people instead of just treating them like, you gotta give me something, right? Everybody wants something from somebody. Mm -hmm. Well, of course everybody does, right? But I need to bring value to you of some way or some sort to get that what I want out of you,
2: right? Right. You get a cooler full of drinks and go follow the trash routes and go give drinks to all the trash guys when they're out on the real hot days and say, oh, by the way, I know you're real busy. Here's my card on the houses that don't bring out any trash anymore. If you'll send me the address, if I buy it, I'll give you 500 bucks. And right you're yeah. giving them a, a cold drink right when you get out of the car.
1: I mean, these are basic, basic like things that you can do. we just, we just took it and went a little extra farther, right? So that's how we got to that point of $20,000 in ad spend and generating that much revenue because it's just all about relationships. We tell everybody that investing is a team sport. And the more people that are playing, the more fun it is. Right.
2: I, and I think that's where the technology was. It was good for me to not have technology because that was – it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to shoot him a message on Facebook or, oh, I'm going to shoot him an email. Nope. Like, if I want to talk to somebody, it's either a phone call or I'm going to go see him.
0: I got a tough question for you from Edwin. Uh-huh. Uh, Edwin Wong, he wants to know, like, what is your profitability on $1.2 million in, in, in gross revenue?
2: We didn't have any employees we had the the major expense there was that was some flip money and whatever went out to our investors yeah um we brought home about a half million
1: after everything because most of the profits those when you get to that 1.2 half of that was probably from flips Mm -hmm. everything else was from wholesale so i would say probably about a half about five hundred thousand is what we brought home last year roughly uh but because we with that's our property. with our private money guys that put money in, depending on the deal, if it's a lot of cash and we're buying the house cash and it's not a creative structured deal to where they don't have to put so much cash in, we'll go anywhere. They'll get a 50 to 30 percent net uh, split on the on the profits of it. So yeah. it's really good for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, it's easy for us because I don't even have to tell them where it's at. I just say, Hey, I need $100,000 tomorrow at 8 a.m. Is that cool? Yeah, that's no big deal. Right. Oh, those are the best phone calls. Yeah. Hey, I found another one. You in?
0: Yeah. Yes. Great. Uh, so you guys have Real Estate Roundup. What's that about?
1: S- so that's our platform that we, uh, we we enjoy that switch that happens in people when they find, because I didn't know. It's kind of it's what was weird. is It was that same transition that I had from growing up in a very small town and being the kid that my parents were like, we well, got to go to college. You got to go to get a good job. You need to work your way up you know, you're, you're smart, because my mom was always like, sorry, br- Abby, and I don't know if she told you all this, but uh, she said I was the smartest one in the family,
2: <laughs> but I didn't finish college. You know, parents tell every kid that in private. Well, oh, <laughs> okay. I love you more than others. <laughs> no, she But, she, but don't th- tell your brother. That, that, <laughs>
0: that never happened. Uh,
1: <laughs> I think my brother's the prod- prodigal child and my sister's like right there, right there next to him. I was the middle middle kids, right? So I had to buck the system, I was a black sheep. Yeah. Um, when I when I found I was always passionate about music and then I went and did some conventions uh where I was working like talent conventions and stuff and meeting record label producers and stuff and they were like you don't need to go to college for that like you need to go hustle for four years like you need to go to where what record label do you want to work for I was like this one like well, you need to go to that city work in that town network meet as many people as possible promote shows and that's how you get in the music industry. A music industry degree is gonna do you absolutely nothing. Mm -hmm. You're just gonna offset four years to spend four years to do what you're already gonna do. But I didn't even know that was a real job until somebody told me it was a real job, right? So Mm -hmm. I didn't know about wholesaling until somebody told me about it and the light just went off. So I love seeing that switch happen in people when they go, okay, this is something we can do. The click. Yeah, it's just a click and seeing people's lives actually change. But most importantly, we want to make sure people do this the right way because there's something to be said about doing good business by people. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's a lot of people out there who are misled by big checks, fancy cars, you know or just you know whatever, that should not be your motivation for being in this business. And if it is, you know and there's nothing wrong with money. I love money. Everybody loves money. But when you truly help a- people, whether it be people that inside of our group or whether it be a seller, when you truly help people, it's a very, very powerful moment, mm-hmm. not just for me, but for them. And it's it's worth more money than you can ever throw at me when you see that click happen.
2: Because the money is just a means to an end. And that's like, that's the two things. So I did a whole conference in Las Vegas one time, just self discovery, what really motivates you. And when I got started, it was, you know, Donald Trump look out here I come I'm in the real estate world now <laughs> you know here we go and then I realized like Adam mm, Johnson Towers yeah for sure. <laughs> big, big the big step towers yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, but it was one of those things like I quickly realized like m- most people that do that number one it's it's here and or here and it's never here right right because that's not money doesn't get people out of bed in the morning Now, lack of money will. If you're broke and you got bills to pay, you'll get out of bed in the Mm -hmm. morning. But only enough to pay those bills. And so, like, when when you don't feel good and your back hurts and you already put in 20 hours yesterday, that poster of a Ferrari on your wall is not going to roll you out of the bed. But knowing that there's somebody out there that if you don't help them, they may not have a backup plan, Mm -hmm. that's a powerful motivator. Or knowing that, you know on the flip side getting back to like real estate roundup that's one of those platforms it has just allowed us to help tremendously more people like your your goal is to make 100 millionaires right right our goal is to help as many people as possible do their first deal mm-hmm. once you do 20 congratulations go somewhere else. i mean you stay with us <laughs> but like that's you're not my focus anymore mm-hmm. i want to help somebody get that first deal cuz that's that click that i just you want to talk about getting energized. Yeah, I, would, right.
1: say, I would say it's that and making sure that we instill in people the how right to do way. business yeah. the right way. Yeah. Well, I think here, uh, uh, Sean O'Rourke asked this question, and you, you might have just answer it right now. Is what is your favorite part about this business? will start with you. I mean, it's, it's truly the impact you can have on people's lives. Like when you can see a grown man crying because you've solved his problem, like that alone, like we got a video that if you don't tear up a little bit, I don't mm. care how manly of a man you are. It's powerful, yeah. And there's, there's not, you can't put any money on that. And just seeing how we can, again, this is, I know I'm repeating myself over and over, but it truly is that important important. to do, (laughs) to do good by people, and to do, you know, know, I'm not saying you won't ever get burned because it'll happen. That's fine. But all you can focus on, that's what I tell everybody. I don't care what my competition is doing. Mm -hmm. I truly don't. I really don't care how many people were coming in behind the door at the, at the house. At laughter me or before me or whatever else because I know I'm going to provide such good service that it's almost going to be impossible for them not to either not to like me and if they like me then they'll do business with me if they don't it's okay because I want them to make the best decision that's for them and when you truly have that mindset you will make so much more money in the long run
2: because people know when you're trying to sell them on something oh yeah you know oh, yeah, 100%. and, and for the guys yeah, oh yeah and heaven forbid you need to sell them on something mm-hmm it is a... Oh, a heaven forbid you got... What is this? like climbing Camelback on June 31st or <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah. 30th? 30th. I think there's only... Well, that shows you. We're from Mississippi, so... Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just a... It's a tough road, and when you go in with the attitude of I'm going to do my best to help, which is what's in your control anyway, Yeah. you can be the best solution whether or not they say yes, is totally out of my control. Right. So I started focusing on the things that I can control, which is my actions with regard to helping people. And then if they don't take it, that's on them.
1: Yeah. You get those people that won't take <clears> it. <throat> they usually end up coming back. They but. come back.
0: <laughs> so we're, we're, we're past that hour mark. So I want to leave you guys an opportunity for each one of you guys. It's like one lasting thought. Like what message do you want to leave the listeners? I'll start with, start with Big Sip.
2: So... Mindset is a big one. Um, and I'm just going to repeat something that my dad used to say all the time. Because when I got started, is real inconsistent. You know, you knock out a few deals, and then you get so wrapped up in those deals, you wouldn't be putting anything else in the pipeline. So it's, it's a very delicate juggling act. And as a newbie, you're going to drop the ball a lot. And it's okay. Just give your efforts time to compound. Because a lot of people, I think, I mean, I had a phone call. I'm not going to say any names, but I had a phone call. I spent probably an hour and a half on the phone guiding this team, this two person team on, hey, this is exactly what you need to do. Do it consistently and you'll do well. I get a call from one of them a month later. One of them's ready to quit because they haven't done a first deal yet. That's 30 days. I mean, it took, how long did it, it, I was in the second grade before I could read. That's a true story. I was in the second grade can you imagine if I was like hey I'm a month into kindergarten I'm done (laughs) yeah right it doesn't it doesn't compute but people get into that so that's if it all boils down to one statement to leave you with do the work consistently and give your efforts time to compound yeah
1: how about you I would say listen help and solve and I want to emphasize that because listen is very important if you go in and you're in a house, and you're talking to a seller and you're doing all the talking, you've already lost. Right. You need to listen and listen and listen some more. God gave you two ears and one mouth for a reason. You need to listen twice as much as you talk. Yeah. Right. Listen to what they have to say because you will find things and hear things and what they're telling you in ways to help them. Right. So that's where the help comes in. I've now listened to everything they had to tell me. I'm gonna to offer to help them the best way I know how and then solve all their problems, whether that's me or somebody else. I'm going to point them in the right direction. If it's not me, that's okay. I want to make sure I'm the best fit and they're happy. So, listen, help, and solve is what I always tell everyone. Like that, that's crucial. Yeah.
2: Listening is a big. Actively listening yeah. is a big. Well, one. you can't
0: help and solve if you're not actively listening, yeah. right? Because
2: everything so, at that point is just speculation.
0: Yep. So, I think that's a powerful message. So guys, uh, we have a huge week next week. Uh, we've got this giant lineup. We got Todd Toback coming on Tuesday, uh, Gary Teagranian on Wednesday, and Chris the Shark on Thursday. So huge week next week, guys! Make sure you tune in. Do not miss out. Uh, if someone wants to get a hold of you guys, how do they do that?
2: Instagram is probably the best. Yeah. If it shows up in my message requests, please be patient. <laughs> I forget that it's there most of the time, but yeah. it's uh, I realize I don't have to say ad anymore big sip real estate
1: and mine is mr. sippy m-i-s-t-e-r-s-i-p-p-i and uh real quick if i want if we do have an event that we're doing in october it's going to be an acquisition intensive uh the last day is going to be talking about creative financing and stuff but uh, the first two days are all going to be about mindset they're all going to be about acquisition strategies uh, we got you know some big hitters. We got Max Maxwell, Brent Daniels, and others coming in. So you can find more info about that at rerlive.com. Uh, I'd love to see all of you there. We've only got room for like 250 people. I know we've already sold like 60 or 70, so there's not a lot of tickets left. And uh, hope to see you guys there because it's going to be awesome. Very cool. Awesome. All right. Thank you guys for watching. Thank you. This was fantastic.
0: Enjoyed it. it. Awesome. I like it. Thanks for having studio, it. I appreciate
1: man. it.